If, if you never believed in the faithfulness of God, today you should. Because I am an example of the faithfulness of Him. I sat there and I thought I had cried it all out early, so it didn't work. He's so faithful. He loves us so much. I sat there through the first song and tried not to make all of them cry too much. But He just does so much for us. And the more we trust in Him and the more we... We put our faith in Him, the more opportunity He has to be able to help us. And so that's what I want to talk about today. The title is, Who's Your Faith In? And I just want to encourage you on where your faith should go. And uh, I had a whole bunch of notes and I switched them last night and I printed some more this morning. And... uh, so believe God with me, because i got a lot of places we can go, but I'm not positive which way we are going. And uh, sometimes in the past that would really scare me, but right now I'm so excited because I know He's got something for you guys that is probably going to be new for me. And so it's such a good thing. To love the Lord and to be able to be used to Him and be able to to do what He asks us to do. And like I said, I'm so honored to be able to come back and see everybody. We've missed you guys so much. We watch you guys on Friday on the live service. And we're like, oh, there they are, there they are, there they are. And so we love you guys so much. And it's such an honor. I want to talk about uh, King Asa first. So let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. And Asa was being attacked. And in verse 8 of chapter 14, it says, And Asa had an army of men that bare targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bare shields and drew bows, 204 score thousand, all these mighty men of valor. Now, the Israelites had a pretty good history with mighty men. David had some mighty men. One of them slew 800 people. One of them jumped in a, in a pit because there was a tiger in there, and it was on a snowy day, and I guess he was just bored. And he thought, you know, that thing's in there. God put it there for me. I'm going to jump down there, and I'm going to bring him out. And so they had some mighty men. And, but Asa, when they went to war, the next verse, it says, And there came out against them Zerah, the Ethiopian, with an host of a thousand thousands and three hundred chariots. Now, I don't know about you, but my math's maybe not the best. But he had less than four hundred thousand, and they've got at least a million. Now, my math's not so good, but that doesn't look like very good odds. And so uh, Asa called on the Lord. And uh, verse 11, it says, And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, 
It is nothing with thee to help. Whether with many or with them that have no power, help us, O Lord our God. And he said we rest in the Lord. Well, it turns out God defeated them for him. And it was a great victory. And then later on in his life, Asa has another battle come about. And Asa has now established himself as king. And now he's trusting in other things. And so he sends money, silver and gold, and he buys other people to come and do his battle for him. And it didn't go well for him. And then he becomes sick. And he puts his faith in the doctors and not back in God. And Asa dies because he turned his faith from God when he needed him to money and gold and then to physicians. And so later on, um, he, he dies in like the 41st year of his reign. And he goes on to be with the Lord. But the reason I wanted to talk about that is sometimes we start out really good. Sometimes we bail in and, and we're headed and we're believing God and we're believing God and we get just over the hump. And we go, oh, praise the Lord, you did it. And then we glide for a little while. And then we get into trouble. And we look and we try to figure out how we can fix it. And I'm sure you're not guilty of that, but I am. And you, I look back over my life, and I look at places where I was believing God. And God came through so mightily in my life, and just changed everything. And then I look back at situations I scraped by, and I barely made it, and I start figuring out, oh wow, I did that one. <laughs> Praise the Lord, it didn't work very good. And, oh, look at that. Yeah, I was trying to fix that one too. And it took nine months. And another situation, just like it took a week, because I trusted in the Lord. And there's event after event after event in my life where I know I had faith in God. Because they came through in flying colors and everybody's like, what happened? And I'm like, the Lord. He did this and He did this. And, and it, it just, I don't know, it just happened. And then there's times where you just work and you labor and you spend hours and you, you think about it. And if you join the faith conference, you worry about it. And, <laughs> and you plan about it and you plan around it. And it just doesn't work. And so I wanted to encourage you today because we, the Bible has all the answers. God has all of them. And so I want you to turn to Mark 11. And 22. <clears throat> this one in the NIV, please. <clears throat> I want these four words to ring in you the rest of your life and eternity. This is the words of Jesus, and he simply said, have faith in God. It's four words, and it sounds really simple, and it is. 
if we turn to Him and we trust in Him and we seek Him, it's the easiest thing you ever did. There's so many events. I was, I was studying and I was thinking, we, we put so much stock in us having to be at this level or that level or I've got to read this much or I've got to study this much or I've got to do this much. I can't find that. God is faithful. The thief on the cross with Jesus. He didn't have time to read and study and work. He just turned to him and he said, you are Lord. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. You see, he didn't have time to go through and to learn all of the doctrines and learn all of the theologies. And he didn't have time to go through all of the steps that the enemy wants to use against us. Yes, we need to study. Yes, we need to to work and we need to pray and we need to seek God. But we need to trust in Him and have faith in Him. Don't trust in how how many scriptures you know. Trust in a scripture that points to God and it'll set you free. Don't trust in how many hours of studying and how many hours of prayer and how many hours. Trust in the God who knows your heart. And when you ask it, He believes you and you receive it. He hears you every time you do it with your whole heart. And every time we do that, answers come. I don't know about you, but many, many times in my life, I have sought God and I thought I was really seeking Him and I was really praying and I was... And I wasn't. I was praying and I was seeking God, but I was doing it be out of rote. Well, I need to pray. Oh, this hadn't happened yet. I need to pray. Oh, I, I'm, I, it's got to happen. I need to pray. Well, none of those are the right reason. Eventually, when I'd get so far below, I'd go, oh, Lord, help me. And immediately I'd come out. All of those other prayers were in vain. They were of no use. They were more worry than faith. They were more religious. Oh yeah, we're believing, we're praying, we're this, we're that. No. All I had to do was go, Lord, I need help. And immediately, everything around me changed. And I started thinking about it and I was looking at some scriptures on it. And we hear sometimes about how they've got to have this measure of faith to be able to receive healing, to be able to receive their needs met. And we hear, oh yeah, well, they're, I just don't know that they're there. It hadn't happened yet. Well, the pool of Bethesda, Jesus came there. That man didn't have any faith, not one stitch of faith. When Jesus walked up and asked him, do you want to be made whole? All of a sudden, a groanimony came out. Oh, I'm here and I'm by the water and I don't have anybody else. And by the time I can try to get there, somebody else is in the water and they get their healing. And I've been laying here. I've been in this for 38 years. And I've just been, and I've just been whining and griping and complaining for 38 years. And I don't know why it hadn't happened for me. 
So it wasn't that man's faith that made him whole. It was Jesus in the flesh. Jesus came by, was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, he spoke over that man's life. And God the Father heard him and made it come to pass. And immediately he was whole. He didn't even have a clue who he was. They said, well, who said that? It's the Sabbath. Don't you know you're not supposed to be doing that? He said, I don't know. The man that came by and told me to pick up my mat and I was whole, he told me to carry it and I'm carrying it. Anybody that can tell me to be whole and I'm whole and he says to carry something, I'm going to carry whatever he told me to carry. And so when we look at stuff and stuff doesn't happen, the enemy comes immediately and goes, well, you just don't have enough faith. Your faith's just not strong enough. You remember what you did here and you remember what you did there. And he plays those videos we've been hearing about. And He just keeps those in front of us until we're so beat down with what's happened in our past, we lose track of the vision of our future. And without a vision, we perish. And that's His whole goal is to try to keep playing it and keep you back in your past. Well, yeah, I know I messed that up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I messed that up too. Yep, yeah, I messed that one up too. And it's just a reoccurring video after video. And once he gets you to listen to one of them, they just come in droves. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and you stepped on an ant on the way in too. See? You just don't care about anything. And so he just keeps after us and keeps after us. But if we can get our head looking forward... That man at the pool, he wasn't looking at his future other than the past. I'm going to get up this morning, I'm going to lay here by the pool, and I'm going to believe that the angel comes down and he troubles the water, and I'm probably not going to be the first one in. And I'll wait for another day. And maybe after all of these thousands of people get healed, it'll be my day, and I'll be able to get there. You see, that's not a lot of a vision. And it happened for him day in and day out. Go to Jeremiah 29. 29.11 through 13, and I'm going to do this in the NIV also. I know... The plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Go on. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. How many of you heard that scripture? I uh, was stumbling through the Bible the other day and I've got it underlined and highlighted and notes written off to the side. And while I was looking, I was actually kind of pretty downcast and just kind of looking and I was like, Lord, I just, I just need help. 
show me something. And I was thumbing through there and in orange in my Bible. He told me, I know him. I have a good plan. I have a plan to bring you up. I have a plan that you'd be healed. I have a plan that you'd be whole. I have a plan that you wouldn't want for any good thing. I have a plan that your heart's desires would be fulfilled. I have a plan to prosper you. I have a plan to help you. I don't have a single plan that'll hurt you. Glory to God. That's the God we love. That's the God Jesus said, have faith in Him. Put all your hope and your faith in Him. Because He's a God with a good plan. He's a God with a helpful plan. He's a God that wants to raise you up. He wants everybody that sees you to go, what in the world happened to you? You used to be this, and you used to be... And look at you, and this is your house. And that's your car. And look at your kids. That's His goal. That's what He wants. He loves us so much. He's up there, and He's got a plan and a vision. And He's wanting us to adopt His plan. And His vision. And when you feel inspired and the faith of God comes on you and you get a vision and that vision is huge and you go, wow, that's just a little piece of what His plan really is for you. And if you've been like me in the past, you're like, glory to God and you're excited and you're excited and for an hour or three or five or a day... You're really excited in it. But you can't see any way that that's going to come about. And so the enemy keeps showing you realities. Realities. All that is, is stuff that happens without God. <laughs> when, when we have faith in God, our realities are visions. Our realities are blessings. Our realities are increase. But whenever you see the realities of where you were, the realities of nothing changing, the realities of getting worse, those are just the realities the enemy wants you to see of your life without God. And none of us ever have to live that way, right? He said He'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. Don't let the enemy paint you a picture. Because you don't want any of them on your wall. He wants to bring you down. But God came to lift you up. God came to bring you out of the dung heap. And to set you with princes, with rulers... And you to fit in and nobody to know you weren't supposed to be there. There's times, like a minute ago, that you stand somewhere and you're like, Lord, how? It's His love, His mercy, and He wants it for all of us.
He wants all of us to get every day to a level to go, Lord, how did you get me here? And him go, oh, I loved you. You can be a lot higher than that. And then the next day you get up and come to another level and you're like, Lord, how did we get here? And he goes, oh, just hang on. We're going on up from here. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day to where you can't even look back and see anything behind you. Because everything back there looks like a faint dream that was terrible. And you can't even remember the thought of being sick. You can't even remember the thought of planning how to pay a bill. You can't even remember a thought of what you were going to do or how you were going to do it. Because every time something comes about, the ministering spirits are before you. People are there ahead of you. The way is prepared and everything's laid out and you just step in it one step at a time. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, to a level that you've never even dreamed in every day is a glorious new day. And you get up every morning going, Lord, what are we going to do today? Yesterday was awesome, but you said you were going to move us from glory to glory and from grace to grace. What are we going to do today? I'm excited about today. What's going to happen today? Where are we going to go? Who are we going to get to bless? Whose bills are we going to get to pay today? That's the glorious church. And you're it. Every day we can wake up and look forward to the day God has made. You know, He didn't make a single bad day. He records six of them. Which six of those days were bad? On the first day. On the second day. On the third day. The seventh day He rested. I can't find a bad day with God in that. Glory to God. This is what He does. Day in, day out. And He's believing. How many of you got to see Friday night? That word at the end. He's believing for a generation. And raising a generation up that can believe Him on stuff that no other generation could believe Him for. I played that over and over and over and over last night. Because that's us. It can't be anybody else. We're the generation that's here. We're the generation that's going to show the world Jesus. And the love that He has for us. We're the generation of the current time. And that word was delivered Friday night. So it had to be for us. Glory to God. He's raising us up to believe Him so supernaturally that other people, they can't even fathom. Generations back couldn't believe Him for that. (laughs) The reason that excites me so much is Paul walked the earth, wrote a ton of the New Testament. Peter walked the earth. His shadow healed people. They couldn't believe Him for this revelation that we're going to have. For God to do stuff on that level. Yeah, they saw thousands of people healed. Yes, they saw thousands of people come to God. But there's billions of people on this globe right now 
Now those people that were walking with Jesus, yeah, they had, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people out there. And they saw God, Jesus in the flesh, do all kinds of awesome stuff. They saw God heal through them. God used them to heal and deliver and to set free. And he, they saw all of that. But now multiply that from thousands to billions. That's a huge vision. That's like believing for $10 to be able to get something from a convenience store or believing for $10 billion to take over something. See, it's a difference in vision. Not that they weren't where they were supposed to be, but God's raising us up to believe Him on such a huge level that around the world people are going to hear the good news of Jesus. That people are going to be saved by the billions. That people are going to be healed by the millions. That all of this stuff is going to be greater in multitude, greater in magnitude. Let's go to John chapter 14. We might as well look at that. Fourteen and twelve in the King James says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And if you love me, keep my commandments. That's Jesus talking about the exact same word that came out Friday night. Jesus said, greater things than I have done ye shall do. Every generation should build off of the last. We should grow stronger. We should grow brighter. Every day should be better. And it is. More people know Jesus. More people get healed. It's global. Everywhere around the world and it's filling in all the little voids. Glory to God. Word Production Center. Praise the Lord. Anybody in the world download a message and change their life and their whole community in a flash. God's raising up a generation that can believe Him for something that nobody in the past can believe for. Glory to God. Wow. That's a continuation of this that Jesus put in verse 12. Can you put that back up? Verily, verily. I say unto you, He that believeth on Me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Now I used to try to figure out how you can do greater than raise the dead and heal the blind. And I started trying to study it. And the best of what knowledge I have, it's more in number. He was here for three years ministering on the earth. And he did awesome and gave us a great example. And he's up there so that every time we say something in line with the Word of God, he's our advocate. He steps over and goes, Dad, we got to do that. Yes, yes, yes. Faith right there. 
Make that happen. Faith. Oh, there's faith. Yep, make that one happen too. And He's standing up there interceding and making intercession for us. He's our advocate. And He said, more in number you're going to do. You're going to be able to do anything and everything I've done and more. And more in number. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. I like that so much. I just kind of want to stay there, but I probably had not to. Go to Psalms 20. (laughs) Glory to God. And verse 4. Psalms 20 and verse 4. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. Now that didn't help me a whole lot. Go to the NIV. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. That one fired me up a little more. It's where I could understand it a little better. Goes right along with Jeremiah 29:11. May he give you every desire of your heart. And every time you get a plan that's a plan of God, that's even a partial step, he's going to make it succeed. Amen. How many of you have kids? Or grandkids? When they first start to walk, you're there making stupid sounds. (laughs) Really weird facial expressions. But you're trying, you're letting go for a minute and, and they sit down and you stand them back up and and they get one partial step, you're excited. They're taking a step. They're, and everybody around you thinks you're just weird. <laughs> you're so excited and you're, you're excited for them. They don't even understand why you're acting as weird as you're acting. <laughs> They're going, and I'm supposed to go to you? <laughs> what happened to you? Where's the one that went to... And... Where's that person? I want to go to him. And they get a step in and you're excited. And they weeble and they fall. You're like, it's okay, it's okay. Come on, come on. And you help them right back up. And they get another partial step in and you're so excited. Now they put two of them together. You're ecstatic. The whole world has ended because this child just took two steps. God is our Father. And every time we put one faith step in front of another faith step, God's up there, the angels are rejoicing, all of heaven is behind you going, yeah, go, go, go. They want you to take that next step. They're excited. You've got 
Peter and John and all of the, the disciples and all of these people that have went on before us rooting you on. They're up in the good seats. And they're watching it all take place. And they're like, oh, here it comes. I've seen this look before. He's going to take a step. And everybody around joins in and goes, come on, come on. You got it. You got it. Just one. And you get a stumbled step out and heaven rejoices because the world just changed a little bit more. Every faith confession, every faith step changes everything in your surroundings which changes stuff in the whole world. I went to Sivo and uh, I taught swimming there and my students kind of tried to get me to take a test. I got it, passed it. I went to New York and I was lifeguarding up there. And I went from there because I could run a chainsaw because I grew up in the country. And I went from there to Idaho, to Boise, and fought a forest fire. And while I was on that forest fire, two of the other students from CFO went to Buffalo for the summer, and they knew how to run a saw and were workers. They got sent to the same forest fire, and they're just a couple of tents over from us on that fire. A girl was there the year before, I went to the fire. Her and her sister had got swept out into the ocean at Sailor's Haven in New York. I was the lifeguard that rescued her and her sister, brought them back in. She's the one putting food on our plate as we're walking through the fire line. Every faith statement, that was just the natural, that was nothing. But God brought me to a place where there was people I knew from New York, people I knew from Missouri, people in Idaho, in the middle of a fire, were black and nasty, and people knew you there. One faith statement causes a ripple effect that we have no idea how far-reaching that will be. Ananias goes to Saul tells him the word of the Lord. The scales fall from his eyes. He comes up preaching. Think of the ripple effect of one walk of faith of one man on the Apostle Paul. And everybody he affected from then on. And every time we read it and every time we talk about it, it's another ripple that affects lives from one man's step of faith. He was scared. He's like, yeah, I've heard of him. Saul's the one killing all of us. I don't want to go there. And the Lord's like, no, no, I've already showed him to you. Or showed you to him. And so <laughs> he goes, and I doubt he just burst in the door and said, hey, Saul, I'm the Christian. <laughs> but it was a step of faith. And we're all a part of the ripple effect. Of that step. So every time we put our faith in God, one time, on one thing, no telling how many lives change because of it. God has made this world now 
to a point that in a couple of hours you can affect people anywhere on the globe. In a matter of seconds, somebody in China can be watching this very service. Click on it, watch it, and their lives change. In seconds. It's not because we're so great. It's because our God has a plan for us. Our God wants us to take another step. And He's standing up there excited and waiting for it. And every time we break into one more step, glorious things happen. Lives change. Who is your faith in? Who are you leaning on? When you get a bill that you didn't expect, who are you leaning on? Are you trying to figure out what you can jockey and move so you can have the money to pay for it? Or are you going, Lord, I got this in there and I didn't plan on it. So it's your mail. And I'm believing before it's due, this money comes in and not casting a care on it. That's putting faith in God. When you get a bad report from a doctor, do you make arrangements and plans? My, uh, my dad, a few years ago, one of the hardest things I've ever done, and uh, <clears throat> he got a bad report, acute myeloid leukemia. They said he probably wouldn't make it through the weekend. It was week of increase four years ago or something like that. I missed Tuesday night. Ran down <clears throat> to see them. And when I got there, they had given him a 50-50 chance of making it. And my dad's a basketball player. He was, his team went to state and 50-50 chance meant you won. 50-50 meant the odds are on our side. It's one free throw and we won. You might as well not even show up if all they're giving you is a 50-50 chance. Because we're going to beat you. And I walked in the room and my dad's hooked up to all of this stuff and my family's around them and they're making funeral arrangements. Trying to figure out where they want to bury him. What songs they want to sing. Trying to figure out what funeral plot to put him in. And mom and dad are laughing and arguing over it because dad wants to be in one spot and mom wants him in another. And dad's like, well, I'll be gone, so you're going to put me wherever you want anyway. We might as well just make plans to go where you're wanting me to. And when I walked in, the hardest thing for me was not to go, what are you thinking? They gave him a 50-50 chance. Let's play ball. Let's at least try. Let's at least dribble the ball a couple of times. Let's don't look at the clock and when the buzzer and when the clock starts ticking, throw the towel in and go sit on the bench. Let's at least play all four quarters. Let's at least get to the last few minutes of the game before we quit. And I got to sit there, and I got some wise words from a man. He told me, they'll always be your family no matter what happens to your dad. So sit, 
pray, be quiet. Yes, sir. So that's what I did. So much so that I would sit and take all I could take. I'd hold on to the bed sheet by my dad's bed. And I'd pray in tongues under my breath and listen to them and listen to them and listen to them. And I'd just let go and walk out in the hall. And I'd walk down the hall going, glory to God, glory to God. And I'd start praying in tongues. And I'd walk up and down the halls away from my family and pray. And my wife would track me down and go, what are you doing? You're going to let him die. I said, right now I've got no choice. They're not ready. And so for days... This went on and I'd hold on to the bed sheet and I'd pray. And I'd go walk the halls and I'd go down as far down and away as I could get. Because the closer I got, I could feel that. And I had to get to where I could stand again. I had to get to where I could be strong again. And I'd walk and I'd pray and God would build me up. And I'd walk back in that room and grab the bed sheet. And I'd sit there and I'd pray. And it wasn't very many days. And dad goes, Rob, you want to pray? Glory to God. Yes and yes. And can we now? And we had many of you guys, a lot of the people here knew what was going on. Many, many, many of you guys praying and believing with us. And we got to pray. And God, God made dad better and better. And better. And they said, we've got to kill him to make him live. I was like, okay. They said, we've got to basically kill every blood cell in his body to bring him back. Because they couldn't find any that weren't, didn't have leukemia. And so they run all of their stuff and he got stronger and stronger. And on that Sunday, I believe it was a Sunday afternoon, they pretty much thought he was, he was gone And then he started getting stronger and stronger. And his count started getting better. And it wasn't very long. They sent him home. They brought him back and forth for some treatments. And uh, God showed me how me sitting quietly honored them even if I didn't want to. Even if I wanted to grab him and go, What are you thinking? This is basketball. (laughs) All we got to do is get one free throw and you're home free. You win. He showed me that by honoring Him, by not making Him mad, by not offending Him, God was able to work in Him and raise Him up. He's still going strong today. No sign of it. God had a plan for him. A plan to prosper him. A plan to build him up and not to harm him. He's got the same plan for you. Who's your faith in? Is your faith in the doctors? Is your faith in the gold and the silver? Is your faith in your position or your rank? Or is your faith in God? God loves you. It doesn't matter what the report is. It doesn't matter what's happened previously. That's the last quarter. This is a new one. When you step on the floor and the clock ticks, 
you have a chance. And the Word of God says, I will live and not die. And I will declare the works of the Lord. He sent His Word and He healed me. Delivered me from all my destruction. Even though I messed up. Even though I did stupid stuff. He sent His Word to heal me. And deliver me from the stupid stuff I did. So yeah, you may have sown a seed. And you may have planted it. And you may have watered it and nourished it. But you still don't have to harvest it. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. What matters is right now, at this moment, who's your faith in? Are you believing God for your finances? Are you believing God for your healing? Are you believing God for your next step? If you are, you're going to win. Every plan you have that's a God plan, He said He would make it come to pass. He said He would watch over it. He would perform it. Jesus is the Word of God in the flesh. Jesus had no choice on this earth but to heal people, deliver people, set people free because of that Psalms verse. I sent my Word to heal them and to deliver them from their destruction. Jesus had no choice. He got here and He was the Word. And since He was the Word, the Word was sent decades ago. And the Word had a plan. And Isaiah said that His Word never returns void, but it always accomplishes what He sent it out to do. And Jesus came in the flesh, the Word of God made flesh. And He walked and He dwelt among us and He had an assignment from Isaiah, from Psalms, from all of these places that talk about the Word of the Lord. And He had to walk it out. And so every time somebody came to Jesus, He had no choice but to heal them. He had no choice but to set them free. The woman in adultery, He couldn't (laughs) convict her. Or condemn her. It wasn't in Him. He was the Word of God. That same Word is here today. That same Word is here for you. Do you have faith in it? Put your faith in God. Do what Jesus said. Have faith in God. Don't worry about your shortcomings. God's strong enough to pick you up by the pool, even though you're groveling and whining and set you up, dust you off and heal you. He's big enough. He's strong enough. And He has a plan for you. Go ahead and stand with me. (laughs) Glory, glory, glory. Brother Rick read that scripture in offering and it's actually the, I believe the next one down on my page. I was so excited. (laughs) Glory to God. He sets us up. He makes us a plan. And if we'll endeavor to follow it, He'll help us. He'll nourish us. He'll usher us along. He'll go and prepare the way before you. And He'll make every plan you have 
We've got Vision Sunday coming up. And as he was giving me this message, all three ways kind of end up in the same area. And as he was doing that, it was showing me that hope and a future. And I thought, how great is that? Right before Vision Sunday to stir ourselves up that God has a plan. He has a glorious plan. A plan to prosper us and not to harm us. That if we'll only trust in Him, everything we write on our vision list is a plan. Everything we get from Him and we put down, even the dumb stuff that you're like, oh yeah, I just want that because I want that. God said He would give you the desires of your heart. If you'll put your faith and your trust in Him. And He'll lift you up. And He'll carry you through all of the hard times. And He'll make every plan succeed in your life. So dream big. Think big. And believe big. Because we've got a God who made the stars. Calls them one by one by name. Holds up every planet. Formed them. Glory to God. You can't think too big. For my God, He can do it. Glory to God. You guys got a song? I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord, I do. Trust you, Lord, I do.